Hi, and welcome to episode 32 of season two of the Connect You podcast. My name is Jeff Cullen. I'm Mark Hughes. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Mark. How are you? I forgot the name of the podcast there for a second. Well, you know. I'm well. It's only been 80, what, 80, it would be 84 episodes now. Something like that. 52 plus 32? Yep. Holy man. That's a lot of episodes. That is a lot of episodes. Yeah, fist bump fist for bump. sure, right? Fist bump fireworks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when do we get our plaque from uh, YouTube? No, I guess that's no, not we the same. We're not doing a on or Podbean. If you get a hundred thousand subscribers, which we do not yet have, no, um, definitely not. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, if you're new to the channel, uh, feel free to subscribe. Every every little bit helps. All it does Absolutely. is get you notified that we actually have exist. posted. And have posted. And we, post uh, we post every, every Tuesday. Yes. 6 a.m. we drop. Um, and rate and review. And especially if you like what we do. Um, so today we're talking. Uh, well, we'll be talking. Oh, you can also reach out by email. Connect to podcast at gmail.com. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, so we're drinking coffee. Today's coffee is brought to you by the number three. Yeah. Letter oh, it's, J. is it from Brazil? No, no, it's from Brazil. It's a yellow bourbon. It's um, made by Rogue Wave, which uh, is my latest favorite coffee shop. Um, and it makes um, this particular Brazil is uh, shade dried natural process uh, and has uh, flavor notes of cherry, peach, lemon, molasses, and chocolate. Ah, very nice. <clears throat> and tastes pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Smooth, not very bitter. Smooth. Nice. Nice. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, do you have any dad jokes? So I told this joke on uh, on a Zoom call. <laughs> oh, no. And nobody laughed. You know why? <laughs> so you went, why? It wasn't even remotely funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> really? <laughs> um, my neighbor asked to borrow my stepladder, so I said, "Sure, here, it's in my garage." My neighbor says, "That's not a stepladder." He says, "Yep, yeah, it is. My wife bought brought it uh, from her previous marriage." <laughs> Robin says to Batman, the Batmobile isn't starting. Batman, did you charge the battery? Robin, what the hell is a Terry? <laughs> the Bat Terry. The yes. Bat Terry. What the hell is a Terry? That's what powers the Batmobile. Exactly. And what sound does a 747 make on a on a hard landing, a bouncy landing? Boing, 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 boing. Yeah, boing. you can see. Right. Right? Yeah, I can see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. And what do you call that? What crime-fighting duo hangs out at the local noodle shop? <laughs> Batman and ramen. Batman and ramen. My kid is obsessed with ramen. Actually, both my kids. They Ra- eat ramen. ramen. Is awesome. They eat ramen. Like no, the little dry times. stuff. Yeah. Oh, so there. But so, he's like a, and he's a hot sauce connoisseur. He's got this hot sauce. It makes me cry from like across the room. It's uh, I can't remember the name of the company, but they have. He's at the at the second highest 
hot sauce that they make. Oh my. And we, we haven't been able to find. So it's go is it ghost peppers? Uh, yeah. Ghost peppers are pretty hot. It, these are yeah. So I don't know what and then when we were in Maui, we went to a ramen shop uh at a mall and it was amazing. It was really good. Way off the beaten trail. And uh, in fact, some guy at the at the surf shop, some dude working at the surf shop was like, hey, man, you want some good ramen? You got to go to ra- ramen, ramen ra. Oh, yeah. Have, have you been yeah. to uh, Tokiwan? No. Ramen? So in Edmonton, it's the place to go for ramen. What's it called? Uh, it's called Tokiwa. Tokiwa? And it is, um, you oh. know where the, um, so this is only relevant for people in Edmonton. It's, uh, is it Oliver Square? It's near the Mountain Equipment Co-op. Oh, okay. I'll have to make a point. Uh, because uh, it is, uh, it's like the soup Nazi. If you don't, if you arrive too late, there's no soup for you. You have to arrive while the soup is there. They run really? out every day. Interesting. Every day. They run out. And they don't make more. No, and they say, they say soup. Yeah, soup. Once they run out of soup, you, they won't seat you. you you're, you're done. They don't do takeaway. There is no takeaway. I have to try it. It <laughs> is. And it is amazing. So... It is. Uh, That's it is. the kind of business you want where maybe they want to sell. No soup for you. Right? You thought of selling the business? Uh-huh. Cool. All right. So uh, what did you learn this week? What did I learn this week? Oh, man. Two things. Well, uh, you know, having switched roles, I have to admit, I am at the sort of. Do you want to uh, announce what you switched? Yeah. So I've joined a, a business brokerage called Sunbelt, okay. here in, uh, which is the largest. Here's the pitch. We are the largest and most successful business brokerage in the world. And uh, in Canada, uh, we sell more businesses than any other uh, organization. Wow. We've been doing it since 1978, an average of 3,000 businesses a year in Canada. So we know what we're doing. But I'm drinking from the the fire hose of of uh, uh, training and development. So every day it's just like being a big company. They have a lot of infrastructure and a lot of resources. So it's just like woohoo, yeah. So that's exciting. So that's been mostly my learning. I haven't had much chance to learn externally. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. Although uh, I keep watching Twitter and watching the shenanigans of our government, and I. You know, learn things all there. <laughs> yeah. Not good things. <laughs> well, what did I learn? So it's interesting because every day we, uh, every day we do the podcast, we drink coffee, and I have a like a hot plate that I use to boil some water. Oh yes, yes. But uh, at home, I, uh, I I went for a variety of reasons. I got a uh, brewing kettle. A brewing so, kettle. So right. this is basically an all-in-one thing. So you basically, it's not. You, you basically have a carafe. Okay. Um, but in this case, it's got the gooseneck pouring spout, so it's great for coffee. Um, but it, it has its own, like, uh, integrated hot plate. It's not a hot plate. It's, anyway, it's a, a pad. You okay. stick it on. Yep. And, uh, man, it is fast. So probably you have uh, boiling water within 30 40 seconds. Wow. That is very fast. And it's got uh, crazy, um, like you set the altitude for where you are and it will adjust the boiling point. And it actually, you set the temperature from whatever, 160 to 
to um to to hunt so where we are it's 208 is the boiling point of water right. at our altitude at our, ele- at our altitude yeah and uh <clears throat> and, and it'll hold it for 15 minutes and uh it's awesome that's awesome can you control it with your phone uh no but you can update it with your phone so there's nice. firmware updates of course it's got all kinds of stuff so so <clears throat> i and i went through the process of trying to figure out which one to get and i picked one and um really super interesting that is awesome the other thing i learned about is green tea so i've been for the last uh not quite 10 days been on a uh a diet it's kind of a reset diet started with yeah. a three-day pseudo fast and then uh from days four to ten and i'm not sure what day we're on with we're probably like seven or eight and um basically it, basically trying to change your insulin production levels ah so it's quite a <clears throat> yeah quite, that's quite popular that's uh the the low carb stuff and it's all about that insulin level only so. uh well it only starts it's basically a reset right and then after the 10th day you start introducing more carbs but selective carbs and you cycle yeah. it's called carb cycling and carb loading okay. yeah and, and uh, uh yeah so so interesting but as part of that one of the things you can drink quite a bit of uh, without limit even during the fast was green tea so i couldn't drink coffee for the first three days of the fast but then afterwards i could um but uh but uh green tea so we went and uh um, have you ever had jasmine pearls Mm -mm. so jasmine pearls are really cool and they're very uh, i didn't realize a they're quite expensive and b they're uh they have a very volatile scent associated with them. Okay. So um, uh, I had gotten them years ago. I thought they were really cool from a friend who went to China. She brought back some jasmine pearl tea. It's really okay. cool. You put it in your basket and you you um, steep it. And as you steep it, they're basically these little flowers and they unfurl. They yeah. Open up. It's Interesting. very cool. Uh, and, um, but it's super aromatic, very mild, but it also does not boil. You don't, you put boiling water and it's part of the reason getting the brewing kettles. The first thing I learned was uh, to be able to control the temperature for teas so that you're not using, you want boiling water for coffee, but you don't necessarily want it for green teas. Black tea is boiling, green tea is not. So, um, but the, the, so we had had these Jasmine pearls for about, a year okay maybe two years yeah and, and eventually i think we got rid of them because they were they didn't really smell much the same turns out they're highly volatile and very expensive aha that's and what you're saying. uh yeah. so you need to to control how many times you open the jar oh okay. and uh, interesting so they'll actually recommend that if you're going to open it daily you have like a small container with the ones for the, the next week and then a a bigger container that has the majority of your jasmine sure. pearls and you keep that closed. It's like, a, like an airlock for your tea. Well, exactly. So anyway, uh, but yeah, green tea is quite neat. And I also learned related to that, uh, the brewing process from a, for an oolon tea, which is you basically wash it for the first 30 seconds, oh, throw yeah. out the first bit, and then you steep it again, not, not boiling uh, right. for like 180 degree Fahrenheit interesting for three minutes and then you can actually brew like two or three times with the same tea so so you've been been green teeing green 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 teeing that's awesome okay 
So that's what I'm, so today, today. we're going we're to talk specifically about how you define your own personal identity. Your own personal identity. And you have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. No, well, I, I, I'm you know the curious words. as to, yes, what are so, we talking about? So. And why are we talking about it? <laughs> Laurie and I are hoping to try and go to uh, Burning Man this Burning Man, yes. Okay, so Burning Man is in, it's uh, around the September long weekend. Uh, it's like 10 days. Most people go for like four. Uh, it's about all they can dig. Is it like Disney World? You're like, no, no. Or it, like Vegas? Man, there's, there's four like days four, days. Four, four main days and there are people who go earlier and right. stay later to sure. try and um, build up and take down. Okay. Um but one of the things, and and even for the regional versions of Burning Man, like in Alberta, they have one called Freezer Burn. Yep. Um, the, the thing you're supposed to do is go there and dress in a manner that expresses your personal identity. Okay. Right? So if you've seen any clips from Burning Man, you'll see like kind of all kinds of stuff from bikini clad women with steampunk dreadlocks and, uh, and, you know, uh, you know, people wearing fantastical, uh, costumes or whatever. Right. And so essentially that's supposed to be expressing their personal identity. Sure. So my wife and I, who are in their late fifties, it's kind of like, what exactly is our personal identity? Mm. What would we dress up as? I'm kind of like right. Interesting. Uh, I have no burning desire to <clears throat> put on a steampunk outfit. I'm uh, <clears throat> like so. So one of the questions probably a is, good thing. So so one of the comments is like, you know, dress up in a manner that expresses your personality without the restrictions of everyday life. Wow. And you're going, wow, that sounds really cool. Uh, until you start to until think you start it. thinking about going like, <laughs> what does that I mean kind of already do yeah i mean when, uh, I, when I was <laughs> and, but, but it, and it's kind of boring uh, right like what exactly is your personal is identity, personal identity? Wow. yeah so so this is not really about like gender politics or anything like no, that no. um although I, I suppose that might if if that was an issue for you that might really help allow you to express probably something. yeah um but you see it too with um i you know when i was growing up that we had punks and we had it was kind of the early part of the goth the goth was just, yeah then you had the uh and then they had the, the stoners yeah then the, you had the sort of the the ralph lauren yeah the there, polo right? wearing guys the polo wearing people which barely still exists uh they all wore paco rabanne uh, in in ridiculous quantity so well that is fascinating so so like what would you wear i'd have to give it some thought would you right? wear a star trek uniform would i wear a star trek uniform <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm beaming into burning man uh <laughs> your little tricorder right <laughs> and that's like sheldon uh dressing up as spock at the uh uh the medieval uh, uh fest why, why did well you because it was like going back to a planet that that's at a different stage of human development. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> medieval fair is what I'm thinking. of. Okay. Right? Yeah. So how do you define your personal identity? 
So especially in it sounds to me like authenticity is is kind of important. Yeah, I could see where people would like overthink it mm-hmm. and wind up looking ridiculous, right? Well, I'm not uh, a big dresser upper in no. anything. Like like I, I don't dress up a ton for Halloween. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. So it's not a it's not intended to be a costume, right? It's not like Mardi Gras or, or Halloween, like you said, where you're like, I'm gonna just like I've always wanted to be, you know, a petunia or a vampire or Django Unchained. This is supposed to represent you. Who you are. Well, and, right? and to fl- the flip side and of Because other people are going to, because people will be not judging. Well, perhaps some will be, but yeah, I don't appraising think... you on your appearance as to how they think you are. Yeah. Right? I don't, yeah, I don't think they would negatively, wow. well, they might negatively judge. I don't know. The, the, the real question is um, like the other flip side of that is you need you're in a pretty hostile environment i mean the the playa at black rock is a desert it's hot it is crazy dusty yeah i was gonna say so that probably eliminates you know a whole bunch of of potential i'm definitely not not wearing the borat mannequin exactly or dressing like a an inuit person well we're from northern canada so we're dressing like the inuit thump (laughs) Eat stroke. Oh, bad. Exactly. Um, do you have any tattoos? Me? Yeah. No. Is your wife? No. Okay. So how do you define your identity? I mean, that's a really great question. I was just, before we started the show, saying, you know, we're just teaching uh, in organizational behavior about, like, personality and the five-factor personality um uh, model and you know what's a five factor person five factor personality model is kind of the it's the it's the state of the art uh, academic model for trying to quantify personality so you may have taken somebody like myers briggs oh yeah yeah that's all been thrown academically that's all been thrown in the garbage because it, it doesn't really yeah it's uh it was never validated by actual science and it's super popular. Well, right? they, they sell it. There's a lot right. of money the, involved. The big, that's why it's still around. The big problem with the, with the Myers Briggs is it, it tends to not, it's got two problems. A um, it's too binary, like your A or your B. So the five factor model is, is five dimensions and it's not binary. You can score anything from, I think they often score for like from one to a hundred. Right. And it also acknowledges the fact that, on any given day, you might shift, right? So it's conscientiousness. Let me think if I can remember this. Conscientiousness, agreeableness, openness to experience, uh, neuroticism, and what the hell is the fifth one? See, I teach from a textbook. (laughs) Openness to experience, agreeableness, conscientiousness, um neuroticism and i can't remember the fifth one for the life of me anyhow eroticism so yeah which is you want to be scoring low on that but it it allows someone to understand uh now the factors are all somewhat intermixed right like you saw somebody who is let's say highly conscientious and open to experience that might be an interesting mix because you know uh an openness to experience generally um you're going to be more of a risk taker. But if you're highly conscientious, then sometimes you might not want to take risks because you don't like to fail, right? So the, they'd be an interesting mix. 
But in terms of, I don't know if it would help to define your, who you are in terms of um, your dress. But I guess you could ask yourself questions like this. If you wanted to be authentic, am I more conservative in my view of the world or am I more progressive, right? So mm -hmm. that could be a dimension where you're like, if I really am more conservative, I probably want to dress, maybe not dull, but, you know, expression of con conservatism. Am I more logical or am I more someone who goes by emotion, right? If you're an emotional person, then maybe you could dress up. Um, <laughs> it would be funny if you're there for several days. You could have the exact same polo shirt, but in different colors, right? Feeling very turquoise today, you know, whatever the hell that means. Um, are you an artistic person, right? So you're a photographer. So maybe you could do something that represents, you know, your, your enjoyment of the visual arts, right? Maybe you wear some kind of shirt that has a lot of graphical pictures on it, right? Mm -hmm. That kind of thing. Uh, I could see that being part of it. Um, you know, I mean, we're, we're both middle-aged white people, <laughs> right? Uh, Ex-engineers. I don't know what that, you know, mind you, not engineers anymore. So it's kind of hard to, uh, like, what does that look like, right? You're not a, a person from East Africa, you know, like we, like our culture is in a lot of ways, maybe it's because it's ubiquitous, but I've often thought it'd be great to have more of a defined cultural background. Like my culture is uh, Irish, Polish, French, right? Mm -hmm. Not exactly the most exciting. It's not if you're Italian or, or Portuguese. Now you've got some Portuguese, right? These are maybe things you could kind of, hook on to and say, Oh, okay. Um, you know, that's part of my, that's part of my identity. The, uh, the Eastern or the South Mediterranean, the South Mediterranean European thing. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, those are some ideas maybe. Well, interesting. Uh, I mean, when you, when you think of personality, yeah. Cause, uh, I mean, uh, I'm familiar with four different ones. Uh, there was the Meyer Briggs. Yep. Uh, we did disc. Yeah. So those are all variants we of each other. True colors. Yeah, true yeah, color. yeah, yeah. We did another one. I'm trying to remember the name of it. Um, I'll post it in the Facebook group. It was um, it was specifically work related. So okay. uh, a lot of these personality tests just give you a bit of a little bit of insight into what your preferences are, but yeah. don't really tell you much about anything else. No. Whereas we did one that was very work-based. <clears throat> so it basically looked at your preferences for how you do work. Yes. And um, the advantage of that one was, uh, and it had four main categories. So one was whether or not you were in, uh, whether or not you thought uh, practically or abstractly. So there was okay. no wrong or right answer. Yep, yep, So yep. Uh, whether or not uh, it had to do with follow through. Um, we, yeah, it was called the Colby, the Colby, uh, Colby test. Okay. And um, so one was follow through. So basically if you're right. likely to follow through with things or you get distracted and end up yeah. doing something else. Yeah. Um, 
Um, there was um, abstract. I'm trying to think what the four categories. Um, uh, there was four of them. And anyway, uh, so I'll, I'll have it in a second here. Yeah. Um, the uh, yeah, it's Colby. So assessments, the index, and it, uh, so it follow through, quick start, implementer, and fact finder. Mm -hmm. So one was how much, how many facts you have to collect before you actually make a decision. Right. The second one was once you have, have made a decision, how likely are you to follow through? Yep. Like how important is that to you? Right. The other mm -hmm. one was quick start, like how easy it is for you to get started at something and change gears. Yep. Um, and then the third, the fourth one was this, they call it uh, implementer, which is really, kind of like whether or not you think you, you need an abs you can do things abstract in your sure. head or you have to see it visually. Right. And, and in the end, that's like the sensing perceiving, uh, from the Myers Briggs, right? Are you the kind of person who has to be shown, like has to touch it or can you understand things almost like by inference, never having actually seen it or done it, but you can, I mean, this is understand. This, I mean, this it. is yeah. a bit of a yeah. divergence, but but the the oh, that's another categorization. Are you a convergent or divergent thinker? Right? Well, but the idea the idea was that you look at all these categories, and if yeah. you have people that have, so they would have a scale of one to ten, right? Right, and you basically would be one or ten, and there was no. no so the the thing is, there's no judgment associated with it. That's right, exactly. It basically, just shows no, your everybody's different. Your preference yep. for doing work. So it's not really your personality; it's more a preference for doing work. Yes. And um, what it really did was, if you had people that were all the same number, they would have the same approach to the work. Right. If you had somebody that was uh, really far off mm -hmm. on that particular category, apparently, if you're more than three steps away yeah three, three numbers away um you would have a very hard time talking or relating to that individual unless you had somebody that was in between interesting kind of like a translator. sure yeah and we saw that repeatedly yeah so we had one of our staff who was scored extreme highs and lows on certain categories that were quite different from a lot of the engineers and some of the engineers just absolutely despised them and did not know why. <laughs> and uh, once we had done this personality <laughs> testing, it was easy to figure out. It was out. easier to figure out. Yeah. yeah. So that's one of the benefits. It's kind of funny because like, you know, we, we present this tool because it's so ubiquitous. Does it have a name? The, 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 that, tool like the my it's the myers-briggs no no the one that you're using the five category thing oh it's called it's called a five factor five personality factor. yeah okay. yeah but so does it really uh, it i mean that really tells you a little bit about how you like to do things and how you like to relate to other well, people but it's, it's it's more academic in that it doesn't try to part of the problem with the myers-briggs problem and at the same time the benefit like i had a book that I use and it, it would clearly categorize you at the end of the book. You could go look up the tables and it would say, Oh yes, if you're uh, blah, 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 these four letters, here's the 20 jobs that, you know, you should consider doing. Oh, okay. And here's some that you should definitely not do. The problem with it, I guess, is that it's, first of all, it's not necessarily robust. In other words, people take the test at different times and they get different answers, different answers. Whereas the other one, 
apparently is a lot more predictable. Like it's more solid. It's more now. And the other thing it doesn't take into account is the, the um, environmental impact on your personality. Right. So the thing about your personality, and I was just using this example uh, with my students, like when you're young, maybe you are one of the factors of your personality of your personality might be that you don't have a lot of patience. Right. And you can see that in, in a, in a young person, right. Fast to lose their, you know, lose it with people. And that's not necessarily going to change. Like that'll be part of your core uh, programming, if you will. But because we are, have cognition and we're smart people, you could develop better skills to consciously be more patient because you would accept due to a kind of job or just the fact that if you go through the world, always like losing it on people, you know, it's kind of hard to get along. So you could, with some experience, switch from someone who outwardly loses their patience to someone who inwardly you're still feeling like, oh, for God's sake, get on with it, right? Yeah. But you're able to kind of override that with your with your uh, cognitive or your executive function. Right. right. So like, I know I can't lose it with this person. Okay. Now you might go home at the end of the day and, and hit, hit the heavy it. bag. I hate that. Boop, 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 right? So when it comes to predicting the ability, let's say for a job, yeah, if yeah. you just follow those classifications, it doesn't really account for the fact that we are more uh, uh, plastic than that, right? Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, if you hate interactions, if you're totally an introvert, it probably makes sense to say, don't go into sales because even if you can do it, and there's some people who like that, right? It's going to be taxing. You're going to be tired. It's just not going to be like a natural thing. Um, but I always say, you know, if you really have your heart set on being a doctor and the assessment says you shouldn't go into medicine, yeah, you know, screw the assessment. Like, you know, go for it. Give it the best, give it your best shot. Yeah, exactly. And um, you never know, right? Because it's not, it's not like physics. It's, it's probabilistic models. And it's like, well, you tend to be like this way, but there's so many factors. Well, the, the interesting thing I think I found, so that, I mean, that's definitely one aspect of personality. But that doesn't define necessarily what kind of group you want to identify. This is with. true. Yeah. So uh, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Because uh, so like uh, one interesting stat that uh, or I don't know it's a, a circumstance and, and I haven't done any research specifically on this but I've I've seen some presentations specifically about it is that the music you listen to in your late teens until you know mid twenties okay kind of defines the music you will love for your entire life. Oh, is that true? Apparently. Wow. So, I mean, you may like variations of it or sure. newer versions of it, but there's kind of like, there's this, this, um, this part point in time in your life that will wow. kind of define the type and you'll like it. You'll love it when you're a teenager and it will stick with you the whole time. So yeah. for me, uh, that kind of makes sense, I guess. So that, that was the late seventies, early eighties for me. And, um, I mean, there's all kinds of songs that still, if I hear them, I know all the words to them and, uh, you know, and I love the sound of it. And, um, but, uh, it's not necessarily something I would listen to every day. Right. 
um but um but but you have kind of yeah. a different relationship with that music than sure. you do with newer music now is that a really is that a nostalgia thing or is it actually no apparently like an engram kind of thing it's a thing that it, it imprints on your brain and sure. then it, it, it and associated with that especially with music there's kind of like a like a a cultural grouping usually associated not not always but it, right. it is which i always think is problematic i mean my son loves rap right and i'm going like uh, you're not a black guy right like uh, i mean all the rappers he listened to are you know i, I say this is it's almost like a form of reverse cultural appropriation Kinda, they're appropriating right? him rather than that's right him um, appropriating somebody else's culture but you know <laughs> like uh, it, i guess i don't know if yeah. i don't know it's, it's like uh it's like cultural imperialism i guess yeah that's interesting like are you <laughs> i mean uh, i guess if he's so going around much... saying don't keep me down g you're like uh he does <laughs> okay well it's like I, I saw this video where this this uh this uh this woman was did it i think it was a tiktok and she goes and she says you know my entire life never pre uh, prepared me from the transition from mommy to mom to bruh <laughs> to bruh or bro bro like everybody's bro? a bro what a bro bruh yeah, yeah. bruh that don't fly in my house. Well, I tell you, <laughs> so my, my attitude has been when my son calls me bro, I call him how I, I, I try and pick different, different titles. And so I, I rotate them. So I might call him nephew, niece, sis, okay. um, auntie, yeah. uh, uncle, uh, boy. Just, come here, boy. And just say, what? Oh, he goes, how's it going, bro? I'm going great. Uncle. <laughs> I'm going like, so, and he goes, I'm not your uncle. He says, yeah. I'm not your bro. Yeah. Now, one thing just to come back to, uh, because I don't want us to get sued by the Myers-Briggs uh, company because they're very powerful. Um, apparently it has a lot of value in uh, two dimensions. Self-awareness. Yeah, yeah. In other words, if you've never, because some people never even considered the fact that there's, they different may person, have different, different right? Or have to deal with others. With yeah. So doing it raises a certain awareness that, you know, leads to questioning yeah, yeah. and then an appreciation of the fact that, yeah, other people score very differently from you. And like and that you, might explain why they and don't. And that might explain. So I, I remember going to a true colors one years and years ago. And um, one of the colors is like, it would be tied to, I guess, conscientiousness and which is like, you know, the need for order. And I explained it and a woman got up and she's like, now I understand. And she talked about how she had a coworker and they would do these uh, like uh, seminars and train, you know, and she would go and she'd put out like the handouts and everybody would get a pencil, you know, and then her coworker, who's a, a guy would come along behind her and he would straighten out. Every, every and then he put the pencil like always in the same spot and she's like used to drive me nuts because for her it felt like he's redoing like it. he was judging her right and it helped her to understand because he was i think gold is the color that that if you're super high gold you're like like if the painting on the wall is a little askew you know you're just gonna lose your mind right and so it helped her appreciate okay he wasn't being a like a jerk right it wasn't to show me up but for him it was just like 
almost too much. Yeah. Like he could like in untenable that things were just chaotic. So he just had to maybe even subconsciously. So I think that can't ever be a bad thing, you know, to help people appreciate that we're not all the same and that our points of view can be different. Well, so even if it's not hundred percent accurate, I think it can help start those dialogues and that's really valuable. I, I agree. I think it, uh, yeah. well, it's interesting too. I mean, we're having to deal with my son. He's, he's more aware of himself in some respects than I ever would have been in his yeah. age for sure. Um, and, uh, I mean, one of the things we've become aware of he's he, he really likes order, but he struggles in the ability to make order. Mm. So, uh, and he's aware of that, which I mean, geez, at his age, yeah, I'd be like, uh, I'd be thinking about something totally different. Yeah. Well, it was a different time, right? <laughs> Not yeah. a lot of teenagers like my, my my son's friends like they're they're very self-introspective like compared to maybe that's a millennial uh, or I, not or they're not millennials they're gen, gen z. z or something right uh, so it's in americans whole, it would be gen z it's a whole <laughs> different world uh than it was for us for a bunch of reasons but let's go back to your personal identity, identity. so i could see, what do i see for you well you kind of you can sort of be colorful mm. So I wouldn't go with like drab colors, you know, <laughs> uh, it's going to be hot. So, I mean, like I said, it limits what you can do. Um, yeah. You know, the whole visual arts thing, I think you could definitely somehow incorporate represent that in a way. Lori's tougher, man. Mind you, your wife can, can be kind of zany sometimes. Oh, she, she, so she might a be, certain zaniness there, like a big hat or something. She, she would be more prepared to dress up in something a little bit wilder. For yeah. Sure. But for me, I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. And for me, it would color would be an interesting idea. Yeah, maybe that's the man, that's the key. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I, that the personal identity thing I find really interesting, especially even knowing what your personal identity. That's right. Is. It reminds me of Louis C.K. Though he had a couple of good bits about that about you know, dumb girl at the bar at the bar. That's her whole identity. People want to park me. <laughs> you know, that's the or he said. A CVS, which is the big, yeah, yeah, the he, big. He said, uh, I walk into a CVS, and right at the front they had uh, what was it, sweatpants and sixty ounce like bottles of vodka. He's like, that's a whole identity right there, man. <laughs> like you could just <laughs> no exactly. shirt, sweatpants, whacked out on vodka. That's a whole personality in 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 one stop. So. You know, it is it is interesting. Now I'm gonna be I'm gonna be paying attention to people now, even here in Edmonton as I watch them on the street. I'm gonna be asking myself that question: Are they, uh, you know, is what they're wearing is that indicative of a personality of who they are? That's a really good question. I mean, for some people, it's obvious, right? Guy dressed like a cowboy, yeah, pretty much know <laughs> where he's coming from. Right? Well, exactly. Like I'm not a, I'm not a cowboy type. No. Like uh, that, that, several comedians I've heard have, have posed the question, why cowboys? Why, why don't people dress like pirates or Roman soldiers? Right. Why the cowboy thing? <laughs> but I don't want to be a pirate. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we live in a part of the world where the whole Western thing is kind of legitimate, but he was talking about like, like in the States, you know, people dress like dressing up like a cowboy is more common 
Yeah. And it's a good point. Why not dress up like a pirate? That's yeah. a whole identity. A whole Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Or, a, or a Viking. Man. Now you, you got something to say. <laughs> Give me that. Cool. Or a Klingon. <laughs> yeah, but then you'd have to have prosthetics. Yeah, the space Vikings. No, you could be like the old oh, POS Klingon. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Which has never been thoroughly explained. No, it has been in great detail. If you go watch Enterprise, season four of Enterprise, they lay it all out. Uh, uh, the uh, same uh, augments as Khan. It's all tied into that. So okay. Oh yeah. But we don't we don't speak of it. <laughs> so anyways, I don't know if we've if we've nailed it. We have some time though to do it, to devise your your identity exactly in fact i think you should put it on the website as we as we experiment with things any suggestions yeah that's great maybe somebody will actually answer hey uh have a bring your camera put your camera on your neck i mean there you go right there actually three cameras okay. and then people are like this guy <laughs> is a photographer, is a photographer yeah. right um so uh so i don't know that's unresolved but i wasn't expecting to resolve it <laughs> but i thought it would be interesting to talk about um so what media have you you've been consuming? Any? A little bit. We uh, we rewatched the Sex Pistols uh, docu. Uh, I guess it's a docudrama, right? It's like it's not a documentary, but it's six episodes. You know, like acted out, but but based on the story. Yeah. yeah. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal show on Disney Plus, which is a bit edgy. So. If you're interested at all in in that era of rock in in the UK and, yeah, yeah. and all that, it's really good. I think it's called Pistols. Yeah, I think it's called Pistols. Yeah. Yeah. And um, what the hell else I've been watching? You know, it's just been a while since I've watched a lot of TV. So yeah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for Quantumania. Yeah, that's in February. And, There's uh, a, whatever and the, the next the new Mandalorian's Mandalorian coming. coming. Yeah. yeah, that'd be really good. So what um, about you? Well, I started watching the new Jack Ryan. Oh, right. Season three? Season three. Okay. Um, I haven't watched I haven't gone very far into it. Um, my son really wanted me to watch this anime. So uh, there's two. <laughs> one that I've started, but I haven't finished. So I'm gonna, I probably have to start. One's called My Neighbor Totoro. And the, okay. uh, it's a very famous one. Um, and if you go to like any of these japanese shops they'll have all kinds of my neighbor Totoro stuff right um don't know much about it yet because i was I'm gonna say thing. my my kids Apparently. watch some of it too and i'm like not my thing man well this my neighbor Totoro is a little different but the but the other one that my son got me to watch is uh this thing called uh tomodachi tomodachi game so i watched the first episode of it oh I, yeah to say I, I think i was tired but i had a hard time staying <laughs> and when you're watching japanese anime with subtitles you have to stay awake or you'd have no idea what's going oh, on yeah it would be very easy and, to get lost and um so far the beginning of it is a little bit like a high school version of squid game okay but uh, apparently that's only the first couple of episodes right so and uh yeah we watched the <laughs> A live action one that I think is also based on an anime called uh, Alice in Borderland. Sure. And uh, it, not like Squid Game, it is like a, at least the first episode, which is all we watched, was um, 
There is. Have you ever watched the horror movie The Cube? I haven't watched it, but I've seen like scenes of it, right? And Point I have a, a, a sense of what it's about. I yeah. highly recommend, if you have a chance, to watch The Cube. Okay. Okay. It is a horror movie unlike any other. Yeah. Um, was it Canadian? Canadian, it Canadian made? Canadian yeah. Made. It right. was on a low budget. Yes. But they do a great job considering it's a low budget. It's right. a high concept, though. High yeah, concept, yeah, yeah. low budget. And um, uh, it's really well done. So uh, it's, yeah, it's, I'm not going to give away anything about it. There is a, <laughs> there is a uh, part two or a, a sequel to it, which explains a little bit of the first one. There's lots of questions that remain unanswered at the right. end of the cube. Yeah. Mostly because they're not relevant to the story. Yeah. They're like, yeah, whatever. One yeah, of it those. doesn't matter. Sure. Uh, one thing I, I haven't watched and I don't plan on watching, but I've just become aware of it predominantly through Twitter is something is it called slap fight have you heard about this uh like there's a lot of concern yeah people are like like physicians and people are like we this can't power slap i think power slap but people are giving each other brain damage and concussions well i think it has something to do with dana white dana white's involved who's dana white He's the guy who is the 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 mm uh mma guy okay like dana white is so so you had the world wrestling had the yeah, yeah, the yeah. McMahons. Right. Yes. And Dana White is the guy from for MMA. So he oh, owns the, the brand. Okay. He is the he's the the guy. Well, it And somehow he did this. I don't know it the It looks absolutely oh, insane. It's awful because it is they're, awful. they're they're absolutely knocking people out. So in this yeah. day and age when you should uh CTE maybe, and all these things that we're aware of because uh, that's one of the big things that um, a lot of people comment on on YouTube and other places about movies, you know, these tropes where people get knocked out and it's always like no problem, right? Then they wake, like the hero gets conked out or anybody and then like they wake up. And then the reality is if you get knocked out, like unconscious, that's really bad. That's really bad. <laughs> well, so it, it says here on Wikipedia, it and is power slap, colon, full colon, the, the road to the title is a 2023 American TV show broadcast by TBS. <laughs> contestants, uh, contestants slap each other in the face in order to win the power yeah. slap league tournament. And uh, there's eight episodes. The show is produced by UFC president Dana White. Aha. Uh, the show is uh, due to premiere January 11th, so that was last week. But, That's why oh, it's no way. So... Hang on, but was delayed a week while uh, after White was filmed slapping his wife in a Mexican nightclub on New Year's <laughs> Eve. <laughs> that was probably where he got the inspiration. <laughs> hey, we should do a whole show about this. <laughs> Unbelievable. Upon airing the show, it created controversy concerning the health of the. Participants and the inherent danger of the new sport, neuroscientists and cr- uh, chronic traumatic encephalopathy researcher Chris yes. Nowitzki observed one participant displayed the fencing response after being struck, indicating yes. serious brain injury. Right. Yeah, that's the one that that was on Twitter, and this guy goes down, and I don't know what the fencing posture is, but, but he does seem to like draw his arms in, and I'm like, yeah, that doesn't look good. 
Fencing response is an unnatural position of the arms following a concussion. Immediately after moderate forces have been applied to the brain stem, the forearms are held flexed or extended, typically in the air, for a period lasting up to several seconds after the impact. The fencing response is often observed during athletic competition involving contact, such as combat sports, American football, ice hockey, rugby union, rugby league, and Australian rules football. It is yeah. used as an over-indicator of an injury force magnitude and midbrain localization to age in, aid in injury identification and classification for events, including on-field and bystander observations of sports-related head injuries. Sounds really bad. It does sound bad. Oh, that is the thing I've been watching in, intermittently. Reminded me, This reminded me of gladiatorial games. On Netflix, there's a series about ancient Rome. I may have mentioned this, and it's I think it's four four seasons. Um, so it's again, it's 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 not a documentary, it's like a drama, but it's recreating like historical. Uh, so the first season is about Commodus, and so it's all like the son of Marcus Aurelius, and it's all about his reign as one of the emperors, and then Caligula is one of them. And I think Caesar. So it's four seasons, four different Roman emperors. Um, it's acted out, but there's like a voiceover narration as well. Okay. So it's it's quite good. It's oh, quite. So I think I'm a What's three, it called? I think it's just called Rome. And where did you? Uh... I'll get the title exactly, but it's on Netflix. Oh, on Netflix. Yeah, okay. and uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Interesting. Yeah, if you're if you're a fan of ancient Rome, which I I've always been fascinated by, so I've been watching that. And I think. I thought I might have talked about it last episode, but we watched the end of Severance. Oh, yes. And, and Severance. Uh, is that, I have to is say that the, the end of the season or is it the end, end of, the of just that season? Okay. They're, they're already filming season two. Right. Um, they're they're mid-production right now. It apparently is the most popular television series on Apple Plus. Really? Yeah, by a fair margin. Huh. And uh, it is It is weird. Um, and it is super interesting. interesting. It is, uh, I have no idea where it's still where it's going, but, yeah. uh, and it was quite the cliffhanger. I bet. Now the peripheral you finished, right? The first season. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That was really good. I haven't, uh, I haven't delved into that yet. So oh, I man. need a new series. So you need to watch peripheral for okay. sure. For sure. Okay. Uh, let's call it, uh, let's call it a, an episode. Sure. Sounds good. Um, and, uh, it's great seeing you again. Yeah. Have a good week. Yeah. You too. Take care. All right. You bet. Goodbye. Okay,